Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how's it going? No long intro this time? What kind of of crap is this? No, I was literally, (laughs) I woke up today, I was like, is Metcalf going to give me the long intro or am I getting the the short stick? But um, that one felt better. The other ones, it felt like I was paying you under the table to kind of promote me. So doing doing pretty good this week, Metcalf. Um, You know, the, the wheels are really starting to turn for uh no ceilings i'm really starting to feel like i'm getting back in the groove um i'm getting excited it, it feels like i had a big hole in my life that uh i was struggling to fill you know I, i've got a puppy that didn't really do all of the work it just made life a little bit more chaotic and now the draft season's peeking its head around the corner i'm like okay we're back how, how are you doing mr uh, married man how's the first week of uh marriage life Exact same as it was before. Uh, just, <laughs> just, just love is still in the air, you know. Just we're, we haven't killed each other yet. All, all is good and right in the world. Um, yeah. But you know, it's it's getting close, and I'm getting that itch, and I'm very excited, and I'm very excited to stop watching high school basketball. I, I love that we've been getting in on these guys really early and getting comfortable, and you know, kind of building expectations and a framework for what these guys showed before college so we can kind of learn about you know hopefully what they may look like or where they can improve on once they they're playing in college against higher competition but man some of these games are just brutal it's been brutal it's been (laughs) uh excruciating um you know everyone knows how i feel about high school film and it's not that i won't watch any basketball film like i'm already lining up the high school games i'm going to go to this year to watch guys for Next year, look at me. Look at what the No Ceilings crew has done to me. I'm already making a laundry list of like, okay, where are my stops for the high school class for the upcoming <laughs> draft after this upcoming draft? Um, but, you know, I I can only watch so much high school film. I can watch high school basketball in person. I'm, yes. I love that. Yes, but yes. this the film, there's just something about it where I'm like, Ugh. okay, let's get to the college let's get to this gus johnson screaming as loud as possible onions let's let's get it all back i I need it back and we're close and now we're starting to get you know john rothstein's doing the countdown i've been checking it like every day because i feel like i'm just like pumped out of my mind and then we get uh metcalf tweeted out a jairus walker interview which god he's perfect he looks ginormous. He looks like Julius Peppers out there. I mean, I mean oh I'm, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. I mean, he looked he looked like a tight end ready. To, I mean, I'm, I'm just excited for Houston Cougars basketball. Let's go Cougars. Um, but yeah, Metcalf, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited for this episode too. I feel like this is a nice little uh, change up for preseason. We're already thinking of some uh, guys that we've got our eyes on. Yeah, so I'm just a little housekeeping. So next episode, we're going to do a little another one of our kind of prospect deep dives for the incoming freshmen. Uh, but today, we're talking about some of our favorite sleepers. Some guys who, depending on how how much of a draft sicko, sicko you are, maybe you haven't heard of these guys. Uh, otherwise, maybe you've just heard of them in passing. Uh, we didn't share our list beforehand, so I'm really intrigued to see if we're going to have any overlap. But Rucker, why don't you start us off with one of your favorite sleepers heading into this year? I, I mean, this just so kind of you. I can tell why you got married. Just the just the gentleman. Um, you know, I, I um I've been starting to watch a, a guy that I'm really really more intrigued with. Um, really solid shot. One of these guys that you know I love when it's the the freshman that kind of showed some flashes his first year and now you're getting ready for the big second year leap hopefully and um jordan hawkins is a guy that i'm really excited to watch this year at uconn he's listed at 6'5, 175 now obviously guys are returning so um if you haven't been following nba media day and ncaa media days it's weight gain season so i'm sure we're gonna get a lot of reports about you know everyone's in the best shape of their life um 
everyone's put on a bunch of weight, which is always just my favorite thing to ever track. But, you know, just Hawkins, I've been watching some of his film. It doesn't look like a guy that averaged 5.8 points per game um, as a freshman. It looks like a guy that's got a really good stroke from outside. Um, and that, and that's kind of the flashes and the the raw ball of clay that I'm looking for. Like, okay, you showed you have something there. Now you have opportunity to make a really big leap this upcoming year in your sophomore year. What have you been working on? Have you been putting time in the gym? And, and you're going to find out quickly when it comes to the early season, preseason games, or, you know, um, getting ready for the regular season. Like all it takes is a couple of games where those guys look good. And it's like, okay, here's another monster. He's about to jump from five points a game to 15. So um, I'm excited to, to see what Jordan Hawkins do. That's kind of one of my, I guess, outside the box, if you want to even put it that. What about you, Metcalf? Have you watched any of him? Or are you not there yet? Or no, are you I, he, on the wagons? He, he's on my list. I haven't gotten there yet. But mm-hmm. I, I, I am really excited about this UConn team because I obviously Hawkins who you and a couple of other guys at no ceilings have mentioned over the summer. Um, and then Tristan Newton, the East Carolina transfer who mm-hmm. I was a big fan of last year. And I'm really excited to see what he looks like against big East competition and, you know, more consistent high level competition. But with Hawkins, when you were doing your kind of revisit of his, his film, what was the one thing that really stood out to you that made you go like, oh, okay, this is an NBA guy? It's really the shot to me. And and I know everyone's going to hear that and say, you know, you just said he averaged 5.8 you know, points per game. But it, it is, it's very smooth. Um, it is just a guy that I, I feel like if you have, if you're a freshman and you didn't put up huge numbers, but you have a foundational skill like that, I feel like you can really make a big leap in that second year with a strong off season of being like, okay, what's my next thing? What do I need to zone in on? And and you could tell when guys are putting in time in the gym, but he's got just one of those smooth shots that he can, he can, you know, be away from the ball, run off screens and really get it up in a hurry. Now we're talking about sleepers here, guys. Like we're talking about um, kind of the outside of the box. Maybe all of a sudden they like the, college basketball slate on fire the first couple of weeks and it's like well he was gonna potential late first round second round pick now he's getting buzzed as a maybe late lottery guy or something like that um i have to watch more film shocker like i with all of these guys i have to watch more film always watch more film but from seeing that shot from seeing the flashes how he moves how he glides around the court um you know yukon ran him off a lot of screen sometimes and also the confidence as a freshman you would see him, you know, get stopped, pass the ball, run away, come off a screen, off the ball, and then light it up right away. Like there's confidence to be like, hey, I know my my threat, my best skill. Let me fire away. So um, any guy like that with the NBA is always going to be desiring floor spacing and guys that can potentially light it up in a hurry. That just caught my attention. And I was like, okay, there's, there's some good size. It looks like there's some good length. Let's see how the game's developing in its second year. What would be the one skill where you're just like, you you have to improve that. And, you know, it's, it obviously has to be something relevant. If he's, you know, you don't want a point guard to be like, ah, he's got to improve his rim protection. Cause that just doesn't make sense. They're never going to be asked to do that. Like with most centers, you're not gonna be like, mm, got has to improve his live dribble playmaking. Cause you're never going to be asked to do that. So when you're like, all right, what is the big leap you have to make this year? What area of his game do you think that is? You, you know, when you're a shooter, um, I always find that it's like, okay, w- what's the second part of your game that you're going to hang your hat on? Because me and you have talked about this before, Metcalf, like if you're a shooter and you're not shooting it, how else are you going to impact the game? And you go look at his game logs last year. Like he had some impressive games where he's putting up 14, he's putting up 15, um, He's putting up 11, but it's like, it's clearly nights where he was shooting it well. Mm -hmm. Um, And and other nights when he's not shooting it well, it's just the duds and some games he's only got two rebounds and no rebounds in 21 minutes. So it's like, if you're going to make that next leap and potentially, you know, become a serious draft prospect, you got to do something else. You got to either 
tone up defensively or become an impact on the boards or um, I, I would love to see a guy that really can shoot it from outside, just spend an off season and being like, I know I'm going to work on my offensive game, but I'm going to lock up next year as a defender because that will get NBA teams really, really intrigued. So, um, you know, just saying, I, I don't have like a specific thing where with Jordan Hawkins where I'm like, it has to be this. I just think it's right. like you need to establish what's the second part of your game that you can hang your hat on. I know that's a very vague answer, but you know what I'm trying to say? It's just like, yeah, no, it, I can tell he's a sense. shooter. Yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> I need something else now. What are you going to be a playmaker? Are you going to. Right. Make when when you get run off the line, what right. are you doing? Are you, yes, are you exactly. dead in the water? Are you able to make that two, three dribble mid range pull up? Can you throw in a little hezzy, get to the rim or can you make that skip pass? It, it's an important skill. And we talk about it all the time. Awesome. You're a shooter. Cool. In the NBA, they're taking that away from you within the first 10 seconds. You're on the floor. Now, what are you doing? Can't right. do anything. All right, cool. You're replaceable. So no, I, I, I definitely get what you're saying. It's a really important skill. And it's something that really differentiates a lot of shooters from making that jump to the next level or just being an awesome college player. Yeah, Metcalf. I mean, I appreciate you backing me up. That means a lot. Okay, hit me with your first. We, we spent too much time on Jordan. Everyone's here to listen to the mad scientist. You know, I can only talk for so much before they start turning the speakers down a little bit. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, hit me with who's your first sleeper, the Tyler Metcalf special. All right. So this is a guy who I was super high on coming into college last season. Uh, Kind of like Hawkins, he had a very minimal role. Um, It feels wrong saying that a former five-star recruit um, is a sleeper, but Nolan Hickman might be my favorite point guard in the country. I didn't know you were this I didn't know you were this big on Hickman. So, so hit me and you have talked about Hickman a lot, but hit everyone listening that's still a little bit of a a rookie to the Nolan Hickman experience because me and Albert went last year to scout Gonzaga and UCLA and Chet and all that fun stuff. And we were talking to some people around the program and every single person that we talked to from Gonzaga was just like lit up about Nolan Hickman. They were just that. all like, oh, we love this kid. We think this kid's going to blow up next year. And I was just like, okay, like that's, that's an important thing. That, there's your intel for everyone listening that wants to get, there's your intel. Everyone's very high on Nolan Hickman. So Metcalf, hit it with him. Yeah, so he is uh, start. He, I'm assuming he'll be the starting point guard at Gonzaga this year. Um, only 6'2", 180 pounds. So unfortunately on the smaller side, but... I just adore how he plays the game. I think he's a really, really high level on ball defender, a really good screen navigator. Um, his, his, I wouldn't classify his playmaking as flashy, but it's simple. It's smart. It's dynamic. It's live dribble passing with either hand. Um, it's, you know, it's never going to be anything that like is jaw dropping incredible, but it's always effective and he sees the floor at such a high level. Um, And then I think he's a really good shooter too. So I I think with his hopefully and likely um, improved role or increased in increase in volume and freedom to hopefully really run that offense and really dictate the terms of the pace and everything that that team does. I, I think he's in for a really, really big year because he's going to be surrounded by some really good pieces in Timmy and Bolton and Strother, um, who, you know, a lot of people think are going to have really big years as well. So, and I, I think he's going to be one of these guys that on a nightly basis, he may not put up like the most eye popping numbers, but he's going to elevate the game of everyone else on the floor with him. And when you really watch and hone in on his film, I think he's going to do all of these little things. It's like, Oh God, this guy just understands the game at a different level than most of the guys he's playing against. He's, he's one of my favorite guys for this class. Um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think he's going to be a lot better point guard than his numbers might suggest this year. Yeah. Um, and for everyone listening, this is pretty much the Andrew Nimhart story, who I think is going to end up being an absolute steal by the Indiana Pacers. They just took him, um, I believe, the first pick of the second round. Yes, the 31st overall pick. 
but Nemhart, you know, wasn't a guy getting a lot of buzz and he wasn't putting up crazy numbers at Gonzaga all year because he understood his role and his role was put my team in position to succeed. We've got a lot of pieces on this roster for Gonzaga last year. They had Chet, they had Timmy, they had a lot of talent. And when it was his time to take over games, he took over. Like he understood. I bet, I mean, Nimhard last year averaged 11.8 points per game, 3.4 rebounds, 5.8 assists. Um, they had a stacked backcourt. So it's not like Nolan Hickman can't play, but he was a freshman yeah. in a stacked backcourt. Um, he played seven, Nolan Hickman played 17 minutes as a freshman, averaged five points a game. Um, I just think he's going to explode. I yeah. think he's going to be a very, very good sophomore this year. And I think that's going to be one of those. I don't know if we'll end up talking about him as like a, oh, Nolan Hickman went in the lottery, but we might be talking about him of like Nolan Hickman went 21st and that might be the value pick of the draft, you know, and, and we're talking, you know, in almost October about this, but um, I'm right there with you, Metcalf. That was on my list. I like Nolan Hickman a lot. I think he's going to turn some heads for Gonzaga. All right. Who's next on your list? Um. Screw it, I'll do it. I'm gonna do his teammate. I'm gonna I'm gonna name his teammate. Yeah, pause. Um, didn't mean to say it like that. Shout out for everyone laughing at me right now. I'm going to mention his teammate, Julian Strother. Hmm. Gonzaga. Hmm. I really sleeper? Hmm. Come on, are you seeing <laughs> him like in the first round in a ton of mocks? I'll I'll throw it out if you want. Fine, no, we'll no, see. no, no. Continue because he's he's worth talking about, and he's a guy who, after like the first month or you know six weeks of the season last year, we were like, mm, this guy's a first rounder, and then he faded a little bit. Um, yes, this but is, okay. I, I I think it's important to to to, to, talk, to talk about him because I I do think that he very easily could be a first rounder. Okay, Metcalf, this is this is where we are going to get a little different. Now you're already pissing me off. Because my sleeper, like, my definition of a sleeper is a guy that I think is getting, like, he needs to go much higher than he is yes, getting I talked know. about right now. So Julian Strother averaged 11.8 points and 5.4 rebounds a game last year. Um, he's going to be a junior. And I love how he plays the game of basketball. I think yeah. this, I just think he's going, he's a tough as nails. He wants to hit the boards. He wants to make extra hustle plays. He wants to be a physical rebounder. He's six seven, two hundred five, listed at that last year. I'm sure he's put on some weight. Um, but I think this is a potential three and D guy. I think this is a potential nasty wrinkle for an NBA team of throwing this kind of, in your rotation, maybe even in your starting lineup of being like, Hey, we've got, you know, we've got two guys who can light it up offensively. We need a guy who can defend his ass off and hit the boards and make hustle plays. There's Julian Strother. It would be one of the first guys that comes to my mind. So I think he's a sleeper because a lot of people are going to say, Oh, well, he's probably going to go in that 25 to 30 range. And I'm like, why wouldn't Julian Strother with a strong year be in the conversation of going, you know, 12 to 17. Like that seems like every single NBA team every year is always looking for this type of three and D now Julian's got to show that he can shoot consistently at a yeah. high clip from three point. Um, his three point percentage last year was 36.5. Um, only played seven minutes as a freshman, but it was 32.1. So like if he could get over 40%, that's a big, it's huge, big knock for him. Um, I would like to see him get over that, and I'd like to see him probably average north of seven rebounds a game. I'm being picky. But, um, I mean, if you're talking about he could somehow be averaging 16 and seven this year and shooting 40% from three, now, now we're cooking with some fire. So cooking with gas. You know, I'm, I'm just too excited. I'm, I'm going to fight you after, the, <laughs> after. By the end of this podcast, we're going to have words. So everyone buckle up. Uh, it's almost back. <laughs> I almost made it to the 20 minute mark this time. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I think Strother's a perfect name to, to, uh, to, to mention in on this episode, because 
I think I, I can't remember if it was, it was probably offline, but we were talking the other week about God, who's this upperclassman that's really going to make that jump into like the mid teens. And we couldn't really think of anyone that was like, because I'm Ochai Baji, at least for me, I know for a couple others was obvious, like, okay, this dude's going to be a first rounder this year. Um, I think he still exceeded some expectations with how high he went and, you know, playing at national player of the year level all season. But that was a name that mo- the vast majority of people had as like, a, okay, this guy's probably going to be a first rounder. This year, I don't have a ton of those guys. So when we talk about an upperclassman who you know, the game continues to slow down for them. They find more consistency with their two-way play. Uh, they execute at a higher level. I think Strother's name should be right at the top of that list for these upper one of these upperclassmen who can make that jump into being a top 20 pick. Um, I'm so glad that you mentioned his rebounding. I thought his nose for the ball was incredible last year. Um, really, really smart off-ball mover and just found those open pockets and grabbed a ton of rebounds last year. Um, it's just, it's the shots just gotta be more consistent. So it wouldn't stun me if we see like a Chris Duarte esque kind of rise out of him. Um, I think Duarte showed a little more on ball stuff than Strother probably will. Um, but I don't think Strother really needs to show that this year. It's just, if he can really be consistent with that shot and be really disciplined with his with his off ball defense um it wouldn't shock me if we're talking about him as a top 20 top 25 pick next year yeah i his knack for the ball rebounding wise was one of my favorite things of watching a lot of prospects last year yeah i mean it was just every time i i watched him live and um I was like, man, Strother's all over the place. I was just like, this dude just is just hunting rebounds, and it was going up against good teams. And I was just like, man, if he just gets that three-point shot down a little bit more and, and just takes that next step, and this is what I love. The, the tool, it's all lining up for him to take a huge step forward in the eyes of draft evaluators, um, scouts, NBA teams. If he put in the work, we're going to see it quick. And they're going to have another talented team. And, and Strother has – this is his year. This is his year to really, really make some progress. Because I'm like you. We we kept talking about who's that guy that's returning that could make the Johnny Davis leap. Um, I'm not saying Strother's him. But we're just saying, like, who could really storm up boards? And the, there's there's a big opening for someone to take it. And, and maybe Strother or someone mentioning in this – episode is going to be one of those guys but i really like his game i like that he's six five six seven he's got size um and he's tough he's physical he plays tougher than in you know 205 what he was listed at he he's ruthless around the boards all righty so you my... have Metcalf? i hate when you have that ending progression because you always make it seem like i was just rambling so then i'm like well now i'm in my head does metcalf yeah, just not God, like I, listening now, to me? now that you've decided to shut the fuck up um <laughs> Uh, I got married and he starts talking shit. (laughs) All right. So if if this name surprises you, I'm going to be horribly disappointed. Uh, But he's my, my sweet prince from Kelda Aptis up to six, six, one ninety. Taryn Armstrong, the, uh, the best passer in the country, the most creative and dynamic playmaker in the country. Um, And he was like that as a freshman last year too. So I, I desperately need this dude to learn how to make a shot. Um, he doesn't need to be Steph Curry, but um, you know, it's it's got to be it's got to take a step in the right direction because his playmaking, his size, his basketball IQ, um, it's just absolutely perfect. Did you say he's up to? Did you get an updated weight season? Um, no, you, just, no, just no, go, no, just going based off of the the school's roster. Okay. Uh, from last year compared to this year. So I think last year he was listed at like 6'4", 180. Now he's 6'6". He's, he gained two inches? Um, it was either 6'4", or 6'5", last year, but they have him at 6'6", now. We need to talk. <laughs> Why are you holding out on me? Why was this not a text? 
Okay, I'm going to have to look that up during the episode because th- we need to talk. Uh, I thought he was always... No, if he's six, six Okay, all right. Now I'm excited. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, the according whole world... to Cal, Cal Baptist's online roster, he is 6'6", 190. And I feel like he was like 180 last year. Yeah. So two inches and 10 pounds. Fantastic. Right. Okay, um, the whole world knew you were going to bring up Taron Armstrong <laughs> for this episode, but I'm going to let it happen because I absolutely love him too. Um, gosh, if he just has a jump shot this year, dangerous things are going to be happening at no ceilings. Um, I feel like me and Metcalf will make like Cal Baptist t-shirts and go like be in the student <laughs> section for a game or something. No, but I love how he plays. He's just got, you know... He's it's the Josh Giddy vibe. It's just all the guys that look like they read the floor in a complete different universe. And I mm-hmm. absolutely love watching Armstrong. He's also got a little bit of sneaky athleticism that he will dunk on people and he, he can get a little nasty too. So I absolutely love his game. It's just, if he adds a little bit of a shot, I mean, a whole nother world, uh, a whole new world. Shout out Aladdin. But, you know, um, I love him. I know Metcalf loves him, but it would not take me long to be buying in as much stock as I can get on his of his hands. Yeah, and I I, I think he's a better defender than people give him credit for. I, it, just his footwork, his balance, his strength, I thought was all really impressive. Um Obviously, he's not Davion Mitchell out there, but I, I don't think he's a negative defender. Uh, it, the, the big thing with him is just, can he score? And if he can't figure out how to score, whether it's a jumper or con- being more consistent around the rim or in the paint, um, he's probably just not going to get talked about again, which sucks because his playmaking and basketball IQ um, and just overall potential, I think, is really easily one of an NBA point guard. So I'll be a bit of a buzzkill. ESPN has him at 6'5", 185 as a freshman. But still, if now he's 6'6", 190, we're going the right direction. But, um, yeah, I mean, he averaged 10, 5, and 6 um, as a freshman at Cal Baptist. Um, but he had some games that were like, what? Like, excuse me? What did he yeah. do? Um, I'm trying to find I'm, – I'm running through. Like, he had – um against San Jose State, he had 16, 10, and 12. Um the night before that he had 15, 8, and 12. I feel like he had a cuckoo box score that I was just like, you did what? But um obviously I'm drawing a blank here. 11, 9, and 11, followed by 11, 8, and 15 is pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. So I mean, he's just a magician with the ball in his hands. Um, but you got to see it go to another level because they had a couple of challenging games playing against teams like Texas and Arizona. And he kind of, as expected, struggled just because that's another universe playing against teams like that on the road as a freshman. Um, but there's a lot of fun tools there. There's a lot of upside and I really, really could see him heating up again. And it would not shock me if all of a sudden Taron Armstrong's getting the buzz again. It's like, we're back, baby. Here we go. Uh, and, and if we get there, I will be so annoying. But until then, Rucker, who is number three on your list? Um, I'm getting to an interesting territory because now you have me rattled that all of my picks, you're just going to be like, <laughs> he's not a sleeper. Um. I'm going to do it just because I, we got the same first two names, Tyler Burton. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to do it. Um, I like him at calf. Why, why doesn't he get more love? What is, what is his, I, I've been trying to push the Tyler Burton to the NBA agenda for two years now. This is year three. Um, we're no, thriving let's, let's over be, here. Let's, let's be serious though. I yeah. mean, what, what, no, I am. So, cause, um, our own Stephen Gillespie wrote a great piece at NoSeelingsNBA.com. Go check it out. It's absolutely free. There's plug number one. I'm getting better at this. And, you know, he titled it Spider-Man because, you know, plays for Richmond. Rich what? Richmond. Um, but it was great. And, and it's kind of reminding people of, like, this dude could play. And, I mean, I, I remember watching that tournament game um, in March Madness against Iowa. And I was like, man, this dude could play. He's yeah. – 
He's one of the best guys on the court, and that's with Keegan Murray. And he's got good size. His shot's beautiful. Um, and so and what, it took a huge leap from two years ago to last year. And that was – so when I think about um, – so it was two years ago when he first kind of – when I first noticed him. And it was like, okay, God, this guy's an awesome athlete. Okay, really explosive. Um, the shot's just not – consistent enough and then this last year he shot the lights out of the ball and was really consistent as that off ball um shooter as a slasher as you know rebounding all of that stuff um my bigger concern with him last year was that his off ball defense was pretty rough and he fell asleep off ball uh his just pure athleticism allowed him to recover in a lot of situations that he had absolutely no business recovering in um, and just making this absurd block or steal or something. But he had to do that. And it was a highlight because he was out of position. So now that, you know, hopefully that shooting improvement was a legitimate jump. I think it was. Um, I think he has really good touch on on his shot. I think his mechanics were consistent. Um, Now that that that's a huge part of his game and hopefully that's just ingrained and cemented in who he is as a player. For me, the hope this year is that he really focuses in on that defensive end and really hones in on being consistent both on and off ball because his athleticism should make him an incredible defender. It's just how, how much is he going to lock in? And if he does, then I think we're talking about a guy who gets drafted. Is so we're talking about we're talking from a scouting perspective. You think the three point shot and defensively, that's the two biggest things yeah. of holding him back. If he takes a leap in both areas, is this a first round pick? Uh, if he shoots over forty percent on like volume, um, and the and we see a real jump in his like off ball defense, then. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I have him top 30. Because this is, this is, I will admit this, this is my favorite type of prospect ever to evaluate. Yeah, And it, I don't, it's not the one and done. It's not the guys that are going to be sophomores. I love the guy that goes to school for three or four years because you want to see the progression each year. You want to see like, I want to be able to look at his numbers over his seasons and be like, I can tell he was working there. I can tell he was working there. And obviously we say all the time, like numbers, stats don't tell everything, but you can see where a guy has been working on his game. And um, he averaged four points a game as a, as a freshman in 14 minutes, sophomore year, he averages 12 a game with 7.6 rebounds in 30 minutes, shoots 36.3% from three, on two, um, excuse me, on four attempts a game. This last season, he averaged 16.1 points per game, 7.7 rebounds, 36.5% from three on 4.2 attempts. So pretty close, but 4.1 points boost. Yeah. If we're talking about him going and, and I was and, and that's up, a big jump. It's a huge jump. When you get over plus three in a year, yeah. that's big. And, um, you know, I'm looking at his game log last year. He had some cuckoo games. Like, yeah. he had a 30-point game with nine rebounds. He had a stretch of averaging 18.8 and 8.9 rebounds a game with shooting splits of 50, 40, 80. Yeah. Like, an eight-game stretch. And then, like, he had some games where he's putting up 36. 36 in college is no joke. No. So, but my favorite thing is you go through his game logs, 13 rebounds, 12 rebounds, 10 rebounds, 11 rebounds. Like, he he fills it up. He, he is a gamer. He's a grinder. So he averaged 16 points a game last year. If he's getting up to 18 or 19 this year and shooting 40%, I don't know what we're missing. Like I know if the defense are saying, obviously I will watch that closely because I trust you, but six, seven, two fifteen, he's probably going to be around yep. two twenty. Um, it's good size. He can shoot. I just remember watching that game against Iowa, and I was like, this dude belongs. Yes. This dude can play. This dude be- looks like he belongs out here, and he's one of the best guys on the court. So there's my Tyler Burton rant, and I'm not pumping this because me and him have the same first two names. I, I have my middle name, Burton, so I have to get a shirt on draft day that says draft Tyler Burton. 
There's my right, well, that. I, I, I absolutely love the Tyler Burton shout. Um, he will definitely be on my radar uh, throughout the season. Um, but someone else who will easily be on my radar is uh, another freshman who really impressed me last year, who I was not expecting to uh, take notice of. And he's on a team that's going to have a ton of expectations this year in Creighton, uh, 6'4", 190-pound shooting guard, Trey Alexander. Um, he's he's someone who benefited a lot from injuries last year. And, you know, he was buried pretty deep on the bench and at the start and saw minutes purely out of necessity until I thought he took full advantage of that. Um, I thought he looked like just a really smart basketball player out there with his ball movement, um, how he relocated and moved off ball. Uh, I thought he showed some really dynamic scoring versatility. He's not much of an on-ball creator necessarily, but he was also just kind of thrown in the deep end and forced to swim. And he had some really big games. So hopefully the game has slowed down a little bit for him. I expect him to take on a huge role at Creighton this year. And they, they have a lot of guys on that team with a lot of expectations. And they're this is probably one of the most hyped up Creighton teams that I can remember in a long time. Um, and I, I, if they do end up succeeding, I think he's going to be a big reason why. Yeah, I mean, I think you'll find every evaluator, every scout, every college basketball fan, everyone's pumped to watch Creighton this year. They're going to be nasty. Um, Alexander's a guy I definitely need to watch more of. I'm I'm trying to get through my list with stuff. We've got a project going on, no ceiling, so we're all kind of focusing on some specific players. But um, there's just going to be a lot of talent like going into the preseason, there's probably a, an easy way to get to like 30 names where you're yep. really excited, really juiced about. But then there's a lot of names you start bringing up that you're like, man, I'm excited for them. They could maybe creep up in that top 30. This guy can creep up. And I know Alexander's been getting some buzz. Um, I feel like from yourself, some guys that know ceilings, it's, it's exciting. And, and I, you know, looking back at his old, his last games, like he had some big performances in the, um, in the tournament, like the big East tournament. Like I love seeing that from freshmen where they rose mm-hmm. to the occasion. Like you're saying, you get thrown in the deep end, figure it out. He had a uh, game against Kansas. He had 14, three and nine assists. Like, I love that. I also love seeing that he struggled shooting the ball. He's three for 11, still finished with nine assists. And, you know, they lost a close game, but still like, that's great from a freshman. Now he's coming back. He got to work on his game all off season. Let's see what he's got. But are you thinking Metcalf, this is a guy that sinks into the first round or, you, I mean, where are you, where are you vibing at? Uh, the, the shot or the scoring versatility would really have to take a leap. I think for him to jump all the way into the first round. Um, I think there are going to be a lot of eyes on Creighton this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, partly because of the expectations, but also because guys like Arthur Kluma and Baylor Shireman are generating a lot of, um, you know, draft hype. And then I think Ryan Nemhard and Kalkbrenner could also sneak into that conversation, uh, depending on how their season as a team goes. But I, I think Alexander is going to be one of these guys who just really thrives at doing the little things on the court and just connect being like one of those ultimate glue guys um, for a shooting guard to, you know, have numerous games where he's budging up on 10 assists. That's really impressive. And that's just kind of speaks to the ball movement and the unselfishness that he plays with and just knowing when and where that ball needs to, to move to and not sticking with it or, you know, dribbling the air out of the ball um, or disappearing. Cause even when he didn't shoot well, he found ways to make an impact. And I think, you know, at least my ex, my hope is that he does that again this year. And with all the eyes and expectations that Creighton has, it wouldn't surprise me if he is one of the big beneficiaries of this increased attention and expectations, um, because we all expect Kaluma to be really good. Um, you know, we a lot of us have him in our top 20 already, even higher among some of us. Um, and if Creighton hit is the team that a lot of us think they can be. I think Trey Alexander is going to be a big reason why. So 
it, it wouldn't shock me if he ends up in the first round, um, but I wouldn't necessarily be betting on it. Yeah. I, I mean, we're going to need an episode for Kaluma because yeah. watching him at the end of last year in the tourney and then watching or in the tourneys and then watching him this summer, I'm like, Oh boy, there's, there's a monster waiting to be unleashed. So I'm very excited to watch him. And that's going to be the Kaluma show. Yeah. Um, and just for friendly recommendation. If you have the time for it, I, I even recommend going back and watching some of his uh, dream city high school film because really he was doing a lot of that stuff there. He, what game was I watching? I think it was the FIBA games or or something this summer, but he threw a pass yeah. and I was just like, what the heck? I was like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's in his game. I was like, oh my, okay. I'm, I think it was like two in the morning and I was just like, I can't sleep. I have to watch something. And I threw that on and it was like the first quarter and he threw a pass. And I was like, okay, I'm wide awake for the next two hours. Here we go. And then I was just like, this was great. But um, yeah, I'm very, and then I think I woke up later the next day and watched probably like five more hours. So uh, yeah, I'm very excited for Kluma and Creighton and that whole squad. Um, I'm puzzling with my next choice. But you know what? I'm going to give some love to um, the South. Hook them. I, I think I'm going to I'm going to be very excited about Tyrese Hunter this year, Metcalf. I'm I'm really pumped to see what he's going to do. Um, former Iowa State product. I just was very intrigued. Um, Simon Rast, shout out Simon, was throwing the bat signal up in the air for their draft Twitter to check out this Iowa state freshman point guard. And um, I feel like I maybe it was like the Memphis game or when they were playing at Barclays, I was like, okay, I'm intrigued. I watched that game. And then um, he had a game of the tournament where he went bonkers. And I was just like, okay, this kid's got some swagger. And then when I heard he's transferring to Texas, I was like, okay, like you got my attention. So I like also when guys gamble on that, to be like, hey, I'm going to go somewhere. Um, sorry, Cyclones fans, but I'm going to go somewhere where we're going to be better. And I want to play against some tougher competition or, you know, I'm betting on myself. So I'm excited to see what Tyrese Hunter does because I have a weakness for the pest yeah. defensive guards. If his game offensively can take another leap and he's averaging over two steals a game, call it. Yeah, call it in. I'm, I'll be on that train in a hurry if I'm not already. I, I, I have really high expectations for Tyrese Hunter this year. Um, I mean, too, too. I like. I, I feel like I'm gonna probably watch two games, and if he looks good, I'm gonna be like, I'm in. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna drive this train as hard as I possibly can. But my biggest concern with him is the size, and these measurements are from last year so may it may be an inch off here there are a couple pounds uh but i have him listed at six feet 180 not ideal um what i do love though is that he plays a lot bigger than he is and and defensively his footwork his hand speed uh his foot speed his positioning his screen navigation all that's insane make you know, I have zero concerns about him as a point of attack defender. Something that I really loved from him last year was how he attacked the rim. And even though he was just six feet, he did not shy away from contact. He finished through contact. He showed off his strength, his touch. Um, I really love that from him because so frequently we get these small guards who they attack the rim, but then they contort their bodies in these awkward ways to avoid contact. And it just makes life so much easier for the rim protector. He didn't do that. He just went into him and either drew, drew a foul, finished through contact or, you know, Oh, well he did he missed the shot, but he wasn't throwing up these wild circus shots that had zero chance to go in. Um, so you can't really fix the size, unfortunately. Um, and then it's just, is he going to find consistency with the shot and the playmaking? I, I thought a lot of his play, pick and roll creation was really impressive. I uh, just need to see it be a little more consistent this year, but I, I have really high expectations for him. Where, where do you have him right now? Obviously it's September 27th, so it's early, but I'm, I'm forcing you to put a number on it. Um, I need to clear up. Uh, I made a fool of myself. I said, 
playing against better competition. He's in the same fucking conference. So that was yeah, a stupid well, comment by me. I just more meant like I, 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 love seen, that I understand slide, why so. he's going to Texas. He's probably thinking like, hey, okay, um, I like the fit better. Iowa State fans will be very pumped to whenever he returns to um, that stadium, which I believe is January 17th. Um, Tyrese, I have not updated the second round of my boards, but Ooh, I second round. I would I would probably have him 32, 33-ish. There's already a name I'm looking at that I kind of want to swap out and put him like 28th, but Ooh. what about you? Do, do you care to men- mention who, or is that is that for your eyes only? I'm not sold on the Duke guy. Kyle Filipowski. Mm. Yeah, I'm having a little yet. bit of a puzzle with him, and we're talking about a preseason board. Like right now, I'd probably <laughs> be more comfortable with Tyrese Hunter than um Filipowski and, and it's not that I don't like his game I just I've watched his game and I'm like he looks like he's gonna be a nice little floor spacer with a shot but I'm like I need to see a couple other areas yeah but that's also a skill that if you show me you have some other areas I can get on board really quickly but I really do like Tyrese Hunter I think that Texas team is gonna be nasty mm-hmm. um maybe Texas will be back you know I've been waiting but um, what about you? Do you have a number? Uh, so currently, and this is obviously with the disclaimer that there are a, a healthy pool of freshmen that I haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, um, same. Guilty. I, I've met 20. See, I don't think that that is that crazy. Have you? I have Julian Phillips at 20, but like I could easily get down to Tyree's Hunter rabbit hole again and be like, oh, yeah, I understand why I love him. And let me put him back up. It's yeah. crazy doing a preseason board because I'm watching all <laughs> these guys. And this is why I hate you guys at no ceiling sometimes. Cause then I start watching film of returners and I'm like, what am I thinking? I love these guys. Like that's just, it's just funny. Um, all right. Metcalf, are you, yeah, you're up, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. So again, it, he, he this guy's at a blue blood. Um, it feels weird saying that someone from Kansas is a sleeper. Um, he got very few minutes last year, but the the dozens of minutes that I saw him play last season, I immediately fell in love. Um, I'm going KJ Adams. The I've heard forward. a lot of buzz with Jayhawks faithful about KJ Adams, so please talk to me about it. I, like I'm not just making that up. I, I swear, um, someone someone that follows us or something like I, I, they were just like KJ, so pumped, and I was like, whoa. All right. Um, but talk to me about KJ Adams. Yeah. So it's six, seven, 225 pound power forward. Um, towards the end of the season, he really only got spot minutes here and there. Uh, Bill Self would bring him in for defensive stops or rebounds, uh, you know, big possessions. And the fact that he, that Bill Self was willing to trust a freshman with those minutes, I think speaks volumes, but at his size, he moves so fluidly and his defensive footwork, uh, his rebounding, I think he could be an absolute monster on the defensive end this year. Um, obviously he's got to get the minutes. He's got to earn them. That's a tough place to earn and get minutes, but if you're good enough, you're going to play. And I do think that he's going to be good enough. Uh, what he does offensively, who knows, because we didn't really see him do anything offensively this last year, but in terms of rebounding at room finishing, uh, and then just defensive versatility, um, it, it, it reminded me a lot of, uh, Musa Diabate kind of last year, obviously didn't get the same type of minutes and he felt a little more controlled and a little less chaotic than Musa felt last year, if that makes sense. Yeah, makes complete sense to me. Um, I just feel like I've I've seen, like I said, a lot of buzz. I feel like people have been talking about the athleticism. Um, I'm looking at Kansas's website, and they just have a funny thing. They really are hammering home that KJ uh, in high school won the American Family Insurance Slam Dunk Championship. Oh. So they're really, really hammering that home. They wrote it like three times. Um, <laughs> but... 
I love that. Um, but you know, also like he's got that athleticism. I love seeing the personal stuff. Like it's mom was a two year basketball starter at A&M led team in scoring two years. Dad played football and his sister was a all conference volleyball player. So athleticism runs in the family and Yeah, for everyone. That, not not like, bad bloodlines. Yeah. If you think that's irrelevant, you need to remember and realize right now that stuff is not irrelevant. That is the, the breadcrumbs you want to pay attention to when you're trying to get background info on all these guys. Like, okay, his family looks like they're incredibly athletic and he can jump out of the gym. looks like he's going to be a heck of an athlete. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a name that I've kind of, had written down because there's been some buzz about him and now you know the mad scientist lists them i gotta start watching those possessions i love how much of a sicko you are because you're just like who's the bench guy coming in (laughs) but you know metcalf that's a big that's a big deal when you're evaluating like and, and i'm going a little off rant here but you know, we always love to watch the big name guys and like who's getting 20 points a game who's lighting it up but it's like you got to remember who's coming in in crunch time minutes. Who's coming in when they need a defensive stop? Who's who is the coach trusting when they need to win a damn game? And even if this young freshman that looks like he's got good size and good frame and he's not getting 25 minutes a game, but he's coming in when it's a three-point game and they need to stop, that is something you should be marking down as an evaluator, as a scout. It's like, I don't know who this is, but number blah, blah, blah is – playing every crunch time minute for Kansas, even though he's averaging, you know, three points a game or whatever. So I love that. That's a good find. Yeah. And I, they, there were a handful of games, you know, where he, he got double digit minutes, but it, it was few and far between. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm just very excited to see kind of how they use him this year. And I, I just think he's one of these guys that Kansas is their, their track record in developing guys is so impressive. And they they don't put guys in situations that they don't belong in. They they make guys earn it. They make them go through their developmental process and improve their game. So I'm just really excited to see what steps he's taken, how they've kind of molded his game, and just how different he looks like next year. But who's next on your list? Um, this is my last pick. Yep. All right, I'll get a little outside the box. Um, oh, nice change of pace. Yeah. Well, I have some two, I have some names written down. They're just too obvious. Um, I'm going to go to the pack 12. I'm going to give a guy that shout out to Nathan draft deeper. Me and him have talked about this guy. Um, Pella Larson mm-hmm. for the Arizona Wildcats is a guy that I think could uh, make a big leap this year. And I think he could be one of those sneaky second round picks that just really, I don't know if he's ever going to be a guy that averages uh, 18 or 15 a game, but just one of those glue guys that really knows how to play the game. He can hit an open shot. He can make a clutch shot. He, he plays tough defense. I just, I've, I've watched Arizona a couple times um, in person in Vegas with Albert. We went and saw the Pac-12 tournament. We saw Arizona another time and Larson was just the guy that just, he just kept making plays. And I just like that. He's physical. He can shoot it. Um, and, and he is, he can switch and not afraid of anyone. I just think this is a guy that Arizona losing a couple of big names to the draft last year. I don't know if he's ever going to be a stat guy, but I think he's tough as nails and, um, might be someone that NBA teams get very intrigued by as a potential second round pick, or maybe even a two way guy that you continue to develop. But, Originally from Sweden, um, he's going to be a junior this year. He's around six five two fifteen. I swear he looks like he's six seven when he's he plays. Six five. Yeah, I mean ESPN had him listed six five, but I was like, what? No. I, I mean, when I saw him, I was like, he looks six seven to me. Um, let's see. Me for everyone listening, we have a running joke at No Ceilings that we always love going to the school websites to look at guys is because they always seem to. So, be it's so much up. more encouraging. Yeah, it's always more encouraging. So. <laughs> Wow, Arizona has him at six five. No, so wow, I thought he was really bigger. interesting. Yeah, so that might be the reason why people aren't higher mm-hmm. on him. But I swear, when you watch him, he looks like he's six seven and just is tough and physical and plays into people. And I, 
I like the feel for the game he has. He doesn't rust his shot. Um, he just can do a little bit of everything. I mean, I'm looking at it, you know, when he was under 18 for the FIBA U18 championships in Romania, he averaged 15, seven, five, and two steals. So, I mean, he can, a little bit of a Swiss army knife that I think could see a leap this year. I mean, they had a stacked team last year. He averaged seven, three, and one um, with shooting splits of 47, 36, and 81 in 20 minutes. I think he's going to be a starter this year. He's going to have more of a, a expanded role. And, you know, if he's getting up to 12, five and three with, you know, maybe a, over a steal game and shooting 40, 40, 80 or 50, 40, 80. Uh, yeah. I would be intrigued with that in the second round. So I, I always struggled with him. I last yeah. year, cause I, I just, I just never quite saw it. And it, it could have been something just as simple as, you know, just more of my attention was on Matherin and Coloco and Tubelis. Um, and, you know, I just kind of, I, I saw him, but I didn't really see him if that right. makes sense. So what, what types of improvement are you looking for this year? Is there anything specific or is it just, Hey, you have an opportunity now. What are you going to do with it? I think it's the opportunity. Cause it, it, he's, he's interesting because I think he played his role of understanding, like, there's three guys on this team that are way better than me right now. And I don't think that's a confidence issue. I think he just understood. He's like, they brought me in to be a defensive guy and play, you know, make the extra pass and play my game. I think now it's, you know, he needs to take this opportunity to be like, no balls. open. If you get the ball and you're wide open, shoot the ball. You can shoot, be aggressive. You need to hunt your shot now because He's never going to get, he's never going to be like the most athletic guy, but he's just tough as nails and he can be patient to get to his spots. And, and I understand exactly what you're saying, Metcalf. He, he never really jumped on film, but I just found when I was at the game watching him in person, it was a different vibe because I was like, he's just making a lot of plays that don't show up on the box score. But this year it's, you got an opportunity. You got to take, you got to take that leap. Cause they, I mean, like you're saying, they lost Coloco, Matherin, Dalen Terry three big yeah, offensive guys yeah, like that's, that's huge and to Bellis, I even had on my list I want to mention him because I love him but Larson's just one of those like kind of outside the box a little bit of a wild cards that I think could start to intrigue um but if not he also could be a guy that in a couple of years goes back overseas and has a 15-year career in the EuroLeague and yeah Timberwolves somehow bring him over one day and you're like, Oh my gosh, look what look who it is. I'm like, Yeah, play it back. <laughs> Who's your last one? All right. My last one is Jaden Akins, six four, hundred and ninety pound point guard at Michigan State. Um this could People are buzzing about him. He's fun. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, because no one likes state actually, but you know that unfortunately they produce some decent athletes every now and then. Um, but, and he's a pretty good coach. Eh. Eh. Overrated compiler. Easy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're We just have fun here. Um, no, sorry. Not. Aikens is one of these, like really it's Tyrese Hunter esque with this defense where really pesky, active on ball defender. Um, I thought he was a really, really good ball handler, too, on offense. Uh, plays with a lot of speed, really good at-rim finisher. Um, his biggest issue last year was that that speed he played with, he didn't really know how to kind of control, and it was always at maximum speed. It was never, it's, you know, we talk about it all the time. Sure, you can play fast. Can you play slow? Can you play at different paces? Can you play at different speeds? Can you throw your defender off? And when you're just always out of control like that, yeah, that's more than enough to be a stud in high school, but every step up you go, it gets easier to defend because the defender always knows what you're doing and it's easier to kind of, you know, force them into unnecessary turnovers. So that was the big thing with him last year. Uh, the shot needs to see some improvement, but, you know, I'm kind of expecting the game to slow down for him mentally and for him to 
see the floor a little quicker and process those things at a, at a, at a quicker pace and really learn how to control his pace. If he does that, I, th- I think he could be an absolute menace in the Big Ten. Metcalf, what was the prospect's name, the point guard that was going there? He's next year, right? Oh, uh, Jer- guy? Jeremy Fierce. Jer- yeah. He's yeah. So he's next year. Yeah. Yes. And I got, I got confused about that. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I always, I will always watch Michigan state games just because I like how they have the, I like how they develop guys. They go get guys that are going to stay there a couple of years and, and it's nothing against the, you know, the one and done blue chip programs, but I just like how you can see it with how they go get, the recruiting on like, let's get a guy. It's the same thing. Nova usually do, did it with Jay Wright. It's like, let's go get guys that are going to be here for two or three years. Let's, let's work and develop a culture. And, and um, anytime there's a freshman that had some talent that, you know, looks like they needed in another off season to kind of work on their craft. Like that is going to have all of my alarms going off. And, and so yeah, thanks, Metcalf. Added them to the list right away. And exactly what you're talking about, we we speak about this all the time, is the point guard that can play lightning quick. But guess what? The speed got turned up at the next level, and there's a lot of defenders that can play lightning quick. So you have to figure out how to play the in-between game. And um, I think a lot of guys figure that out in their freshman year, and it's a wake-up call, and then they return as a sophomore, and things slow down in a hurry. And that's where you really start to see the cool part of the game where it's the slowing down and the confidence building. All right. Anything else you got? No. I mean, did you have any honorable mentions? Oh, just like a million of them. Um, Here you go. Did you have any that you didn't really feel comfortable saying they were a sleeper? So what you made fun of me and bullied me about <laughs> in the beginning of the show. Because I'll, I'll embarrass myself with some of my names. I don't really care. Um, Langston Love would probably be the prime example for me of Don't that. you love Langston Love? I, I think he's going to be the best prospect at Baylor this year. Um, easy. Easy. That, that, that's not an indictment on Keontae. Um, that's just how, how highly I think of Langston Love. Um, and for what it's worth, I have Keontae currently ranked higher than Langston Love. Because you know, just gotta see what he looks like after the after the injury. But nowadays, everyone recovers from an ACL tear, so I'm hoping that he comes back uh, firing on all cylinders. But I, I have really, probably unnecessarily high expectations for him. What's up, Murph? Yeah, did you guys hear that? <laughs> that was my dog basically being like, "Are you almost done with this podcast?" Like, he scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably gonna do it again too. He, he randomly just picks his spots where he wants to talk trash. Um, so Langston Love, who else we got? Um, I, I I don't think Marcus Sasser qualifies. Um, Mike Miles, maybe. I had Mike Miles. I wanted to talk to him or talk about him. I absolutely love Mike Miles. I think he's going to be yeah, a fun. guy that gets drafted too late and plays. And I'm going to be like, what? why do we confuse this? Colby Jones, not a sleeper. I absolutely love him. I keep watching him, Metcalf. You got to start watching that film. I'm going to force you to watch it. I I really, really like him. Um, Will Richard. I want to give a shout out to uh, Brandon Slater, uh, small forward from Villanova. Uh, I love him. Big jump last year. I really liked him last year. Um, Just need to see that shooting improvement really continue out throughout the whole season. Wait, Slater... Slater wasn't the one that got hurt at the end of the year, was he? No, no. that was um, oh, and he got, yeah. that was a guard. I'm blanking on his name. Yeah, I mean, he. I think he. Uh... Oh, God. We interrupt this, bro. Yeah, it's going to drive me crazy. And I'm going to figure it out five um, minutes after. We oh, uh, another one, Brandon Murray, uh, LSU transfer to Georgetown. Um, okay, I, I thought okay. he showed some really fun stuff at LSU last year. So it will be interesting to see what he kind of looks like at Georgetown. Um, but th- those are kind of the big ones. Um, Justin Moore. Yes, that was him. There we go. Um, yeah, I mean, I had Will Richard shout out going to Florida. I'm still intrigued to see what happens there. Is he Cibelis. like 40? What? How old, how old is Will? No, I'm thinking of someone else, aren't I? Yeah, you are. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of Will Richardson. <laughs> 
Yes, yes. Bill Richardson is actually 40. Shout out, go Ducks. <laughs> um, Tabellis going to Arizona, I think, could start to heat up again if he could just show mid-range. That's all I got, Metcalf. That's that's all I have for the first round of sleepers. I, I had too many guys that I was like, this isn't a sleeper. This isn't a sleeper. Yeah. So um, I'm just ex- I'm excited for the whole slate. Well, this is a good one. I'm excited for the next episode where we're going to take another couple freshmen and really dive into their games again. Um, but until then, Rucker, tell the people where they can find you. Um, I'm at Tyler underscore Rucker on Twitter, and I'm at NoSealingsNBA.com. Check it out. Um, October 24th folks is when the floodgates are officially opening back up at no ceilings. We're going to be pedal to the metal. We're also going to have some fun announcements probably on the next podcast. Metcalf will probably yeah. share some news with everyone, but um, we've what been working tease. on a lot of scenes. what do you say? What a tease. Yeah. What a tease. So in the next podcast, we'll break some news. Um, getting pretty excited to share it. We've been working on a lot of stuff over the last couple of months. We're back, baby. We're things are getting cooking again. Um, and we'll we'll yeah we'll have some more announcements next week. But Metcalf, you're the best. Congrats on surviving uh, another week or your first week of marriage. And uh, you know this was great. Let's do it again Thursday. Looking forward to it. Once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. Uh, you can find all of our No Ceilings merchandise at noceilingsnba.bigcartel.com and all of our written work at noceilingsnba.com. It's 100% free. Just click that subscribe button to ensure that you never miss anything that we put up. Uh, you can follow us across all socials at No Ceilings NBA and on YouTube at No Ceilings TV. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Till next time, see you.